Welcome to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history and culture through Chinese TV dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. Today, we are discussing episode 14 of Hou Gong Jin Huan Chuan, Empresses in the Palace. We talked about dances and princes in the last episode. In this episode, we'll talk about some Tang Dynasty history, at the very least. Thanks to all of you who are joining us and listening to us on this podcast. We really appreciate all of your support. If you are just joining us and don't know what this drama is about or what this podcast is about, we recommend checking out the intro to the drama episode first to get some more information on the background of the show and the main characters. As I just said, we are looking at episode 14 of Hou Gong Jin Huan Zhuan. In today's episode, the trio of main characters, Jin Huan, Shen Meizhuang, and An Lingrong, are pulled into the political machinations of the imperial court. How do they handle these situations? Let's start again with Princess Wen Yi's birthday banquet, where we left off in the last episode. Jin Huan has just dazzled everyone with her Jing Hong Wu, but Hua Fei, the main antagonist, starts to suddenly feel faint. So what happens? Let's start off with a brief recap of the episode. Hua Fei starts tearing up and shares that this dance makes her very emotional and says it reminds her of the story of Mei Fei. This story is quite interesting, and we saved the discussion from the last episode, so we'll talk about it more later on. The end result is that Hua Fei is getting back in the favor with Huang Shang, much to the chagrin of most people at the party. The party ends, but as people leave, Chen Huan chats calmly with Cao Guiren and calls her out in a nice way that the card asking her to dance Jing Hong Wu was in Cao Guiren's hand the entire time, wasn't it? Cao Guiren doesn't deny it and hints to Jin Huan that she should focus more on her friend Shen Guiren's pregnancy. And you'll recall that Cao Guiren is team Hua Fei and she is the brains behind the operation. You'll see very clearly later on in future episodes that Cao Guiren is incredibly, incredibly smart, humble, and deadly. Privately, the two, back at their quarters... Jin Huan and Shen Meizhuang, the two best friends, discuss the day's events. They all agree that Cao Guiren is someone to watch and someone not to be trifled with. Later on, Jin Huan heads over to see Huang Shang, the emperor. While waiting outside, she overhears a discussion between Huang Shang and a couple of his government officials. They are in a heated discussion about the battle in the Northwest, where Hua Fei's brother is currently the commanding general. The officials are heard recommending that Hua Fei be forgiven for any misgivings in order to placate her brother who is on the front line. Jin Huan overhears this and understands that there's nothing to be done. So when she actually sees Huang Shang, she also recommends that Hua Fei be given back her authority and her title to help manage the imperial harem with Huang Hou, the empress. To this, of course, Huang Shang agrees and then asks to see Hua Fei for the night. Hua Fei gloats and is very happy about being back in favor with the emperor. <laughs> 
But you see, for Huangshang, managing Hougong has a lot to do with managing Qianchao or the imperial court. So why did she actually win back favor? Was it because of her antics at the banquet or because of her brother? We next cut to a scene at night with Huang Hou alone with her maid, Jian Qiu. It's quite sad because we find out that Huang Hou actually had a son, but unfortunately, he died. She said her son was smarter than the current oldest son, the third prince, and becomes very, very sad. Her maid, Jian Qiu, tries to cheer her up by saying that Huang Hou will still be able to bear children, but Huang Hou says that she knows her body. She's well past the age of bearing children, she's over 40, and says that there will be no more children for her. Here is also the first time we hear that this Huang Hou was born not of the first wife, so she is Shu Chu. So basically, she was born from a concubine, while her sister, who was also married to the emperor, was Di Chu, which means that she was born from the primary wife. Now, who is her sister? None other than Chun Yuan Huang Hou. So, hmm, this is very interesting. This Huang Hou is, of, is born of a lesser status than her sister. And this is something that is very important to her and something we will discuss later on. The rest of the episode revolves around drama involving An Ningrong and her father. It turns out her father, who is a lowly government official, was involved in a military incident where military supplies were not sent to the front lines to Huafei's brother, Nian Gengyao. An Ningrong's father has been captured and is awaiting his sentence. It's quite a big scandal, and everyone in the palace knows. She begs her friends, Shen Huan and Shen Meizhuang, for help and says that Shen Meizhuang's father actually has the authority to reduce the sentence or make the problem go away because the incident happened in the district where Shen Meizhuang's father is the head government official. Shen Meizhuang, trying to be a good friend, goes to see if she can talk to Huang Sheng the emperor, about the problem, but is stopped at the door by Huang Sheng's head eunuch named Su Pei Sheng. Shen Meizhuang learns some crucial information from Su Pei Sheng. An Lingrong's father's superior has been executed for his crimes, which is very scary. So Shen Meizhuang wants to do something to help An Lingrong, but is persuaded by the eunuch Su Pei Sheng to not get involved. Why? A few reasons. Huang Sheng does not like women involved in court affairs, especially military matters. And we've discussed this before. Hou Gong, so the imperial harem, is not allowed to get involved in Qian Chao or court matters whatsoever. This will reflect poorly on Shen Meizhuang if she tries to get involved. Second, this issue directly involves Nian Geng Yao, who is Hua Fei's brother. Helping An Lingrong will cause Shen Meizhuang's father to become an enemy of Nian Gengyao. This could directly affect her father's standing in court, especially if An Lingrong's father is found guilty. Third, if Huafei found out that Shen Meizhuang tried to help, she'll tell her brother to try and have An Lingrong's father executed. This is a lose-lose-lose situation. So, it is best that Shen Meizhuang not get involved 
And she decides, after listening to what Su Peicheng says, to back off and not actually meet the emperor. These are all valid arguments, but all An Lingrong does is continue to cry. <laughs> okay, true. What else can she do? I mean, An Lingrong at this point can't do anything. But she also doesn't think that Chen Meizhuang really fought for her and uh, is very sad about that. Chen Huan, however, has an idea. The Empress, Huang Hou. They hurriedly go to the Empress's quarters only to find that she already went to see the Emperor Huang Sha. That's pretty nice of her. There's a quick scene with Hua Fei and Cao Guiren discussing Huang Hou's actions. Hua Fei snidely comments that no one will be friends forever. She makes it clear that she wants to rule Hou Gong with an iron fist. This confirms that Shen Meizhuang should not have done anything. She and An Lingrong would be going through hell right now if Hua Fei found out that Shen Meizhuang did send that letter. Huang Hou returns to tell the ladies that she wasn't able to secure An Lingrong's father's release. And it all seems hopeless for An Lingrong, but is it? Huang Hou won't help right now, and that's because she's expecting something in return. She and Jin Huan make some major decisions, and An Lingrong is just sitting there not understanding any of it. But man, this scene is such a masterclass in metaphors and double meanings. We will dive into this scene later on. Chen Huan then goes to see Huang Sha. She is deduced that both the Empress Huang Hou and Hua Fei have talked to Huang Sha about An Lingrong's father. She gets jealous that Hua Fei came, and this amuses the Emperor. This is all to Huang Sha's appetite. Surprisingly, Huang Sha asks for her opinion about this matter. Su Peisheng, the emperor's head eunuch, just told Shen Meizhuang not to discuss government affairs. Chen Huan obviously does not walk into this landmine. What she does do is discuss historical precedents. She says the wisest and most revered emperors in history often use the carrot and stick approach to gain the support of their subjects. They'd punish the superior but show mercy to the subordinates. She then says, I don't know much about the government, but historically, it's been in the empire's interest to separate the military and the courts. Yongzheng is mightily impressed. I mean, wouldn't you be? She doesn't talk about current politics, but uses history to discuss the current issue at hand. And with that, Yongzheng, the emperor, decides to set a new trial for An Lingrong's father. It seems uh, the tide has turned. And the next day, who do we see? An Lingrong is still crying. Jian Qiu, Huang Hou's maid, comes in to tell her the news that her father has hope. An Lingrong is ecstatic, and she comes to the conclusion that the only one who can actually help is actually Huang Hou. I don't think she really knows or cares about what Jin Huan did for her. The episode ends with Huan Bi, Jin Huan's maid and also half-sister, um, barging in or interrupting Jin Huan and Huang Shang as they're just chatting um, in Jin Huan's apartment. She draws attention to herself by placing the lotus flowers and lotus leaves that she picked for Jin Huan. 
She receives some praise from the emperor for her ingenuity. Jin Huan is over there observing this conversation. What does she think? We'll talk about that in the next episode. All right, that was the recap for episode 14. Now let's get into our analysis. And I'm actually very excited. I feel like I say this a lot because every episode I'm excited to discuss something. But I think that's why I really like this drama is that there are so many nuggets and pieces of history to draw upon and to learn upon that you, when you're watching this drama, you are very intrigued to learn more about Chinese history in order to understand what they're trying to say within this drama. So let's get started. First up is Mayfei. Who is Mayfei and what is the significance of her existence? Mayfei is actually an interesting character and someone who is quite tragic. Now, Mayfei was first introduced in the last episode when Jin Huan had finished dancing her famous Jing Hong Wu. There was discussion about where this dance originated from, and the 17th prince had mentioned that it was performed by the famous Meifei. And then at the beginning of this episode, Huafei is evoking Meifei in discussing why she's so sad. So what happens here? Meifei's real name, or at least what some people think is her real name, is Jiang Caiping. She was born, according to historical archives, in 710 AD, so about a thousand years before the setting of this drama. She was one of the favored concubines of Emperor Tang Xuanzong, so during the Tang Dynasty. The Tang Dynasty is another very famous dynasty in Chinese history. This emperor, Tang Xuanzong, however, is not known for the great things he's done, but rather for more tragic things. He did do some really great things in his youth and in the early years of his reign, but he really let it go towards the end. Now, Meifei was what you would call a Nu. According to Baidu, she was one of the Di Wang Houfei Ba Da Nu, which means she was one of the eight main Nu who were women of emperors and kings in Chinese history. What is a Tainyu? Tainyu, we've alluded to before, are women who are incredibly talented in all manner of things. They must be able to read and write and generally know how to write poetry, sing, know how to play instruments and understand music, play Chinese Go, and dance. Basically, they are women that you would call accomplished and some of the basics we mentioned before is you need to know qin qi shu hua. So that would be playing a Chinese instrument, the Chinese uh, zither or gu qin. Play Chinese go, learn how to read and write, and then also paint. So those are the basic things of what a tainyu needs to know. And what this means is Meifei is one of the most, one of the eight most famous tainyu in Chinese history. So she was very talented. Meifei was selected to enter the palace at a very young age, and the moment she entered the palace, the emperor at that time, Tang Xuanzong, whose real name is Li Longji, became smitten with her. She quickly rose up in the ranks and became one of the highest-ranking concubines in the imperial harem, a difficult feat because there were thousands of women in the harem. 
She absolutely loved plum blossoms, which is why, even though her name is Deng Taiping, her title is Meifei, which translates to Consort Plum Blossom. She was famous for her plum blossoms and also the dance Jing Hong Wu. She was beautiful, talented, and much loved by the emperor. That is, until the appearance of Yang Guifei. Yang Guifei is one of the most famous women in Chinese history. If Meifei is considered one of the top eight talented concubines, Yang Guifei transcends time and is one of the four beauties of Chinese history. Yang Guifei, whose real name is Yang Yuhuan, is renowned for her beauty. There are many, many, many books, plays, operas, dramas, and poems made about her and her story with the emperor. Which means that when she came into the picture, the talented and aging Meifei lost favor. This is evident in her title. Yang Guifei is the title of noble consort. Meifei is only a consort. Drama in the imperial harem led to Meifei being banished into the cold palace, or the Longgong, which we've talked about previously. Basically, she lost favor with the emperor and was not allowed to see the emperor anymore. In our current drama, Huafei, the main antagonist, so again, taking a step back, not to be confused, we're talking about currently in the Qing dynasty, Huafei tearfully says that when she sees Jing Hongwu that was just performed by the main character, Zhen Huan, Huafei can't help but be reminded of Lou Dong Fu. What does that mean? Lou Dong Fu more or less translates to the East Tower Song. This East Tower Song, or this Lou Dong Fu, was written by Mei Fei when she was abandoned and lost power, stuck in the Longgong or the Cold Palace. Mei Fei wrote this in order to try to regain some favor from the emperor. Meifei laments her lost favor and the past happiness that was shared but is now gone because the emperor favors Yang Guifei. She even evokes a man named Sima Xiangru who wrote a very famous song for another abandoned empress in the Han Dynasty. So there are quite a few layers of history involved. We are currently looking in this drama, Huawei is in the time period of the Qing Dynasty, talking about someone in the Tang Dynasty, who this Tang Dynasty lady talked about someone in the Han Dynasty. And this is why I really like Chinese history, or at least this drama, because you have to understand multiple pieces of Chinese history to try to understand the main context of why she is evoking or feeling the way she is. Now, if we're talking back again about Meifei, who wrote this Lou Dongfu, she gave this piece to the emperor, to her emperor, Tang Xuanzong, in order to pretty much gain his pity. Unfortunately, this was not a happy ending. Even though the song was very touching, Meifei never regained favor. While she was stuck in the cold palace, there was a rebellion against the emperor, where he had to flee the palace and only took a few people with him. He took Yang Guifei, but abandoned Meifei. The palace was sacked, and when he returned, she was found dead. What's even worse is that he abandoned Meifei, but the more favored Yang Guifei was forced to commit suicide while on the run. So what did he gain, and what did he lose? 
This level of sadness is what Quafe in our current drama is trying to hint at. She wanted to tell the emperor, Yongzheng, so her emperor, that she is reminded of how poorly Meifei was treated while watching this Jinghongwu dance that Chen Huan has just dazzled everyone with. And even recited a few lines from this very sad song. This all leads Yongzheng to reconsider her punishment, her meaning Huafei's punishment. As we mentioned earlier, Jin Huan saw right through the ploy of Jing Hongwu and the subsequent mention of Lo Dongfu. Huafei is notorious in the fact that she does not like to read and that she does not like to learn too much about history. I mean, she even said so herself when she was reciting this poem. So the fact that she even recites lines from this song means that somebody must have trained her. That's why Jin Huan says a point blank to Cao Guiren. Without this ploy of Jing Hongwu, Huafei would not have been able to discuss Lo Dongfu and bring pity back into her current situation. Wasn't that really fun? I hope you learned a little bit of Chinese history and, you know, very interesting Chinese history, if not sad. Well, uh, I think to that point, it's 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 also um, an ingenious ploy, an ingenious plot, because if Jin Huan didn't dance it very well, right, she would have been she would have been out of favor. But despite the fact that Jin Huan danced this beautiful dance, Huafei was able to then bring up this whole story and still regain favor. So this was a win-win situation for her and Cao Guiren. We just had our history lesson, but this episode is truly all about politics. So let's dive into it. We again see here that Shen Meizhuang and especially An Linrong are too green and too easily manipulated when it comes to politics alliances, and double meanings. We already talked about Shen Meizhuang earlier and how she really was saved by Su Peisheng, the head eunuch. Because otherwise, if she did talk to her father or send a note to her father, Huafei most definitely would have um, asked her brother to put An Lingrong's father to death. I now want to deep dive into the conversation between Huang Hou, the empress, and Jin Huan. The two ladies, An Linrong and Jin Huan, go to Huang Ho's palace to ask her for her help, but she's not there. I will hazard a guess that Huang Ho knew the two were going to ask her for help, and that's why she went to Huang Shang first. She, when she came back, is basically owed a favor from the two ladies. Now, Huang Ho went to talk to Huang Shang. But she comes back to say that there's nothing to be done. But again, is that really the case? Jin Huan thanks Huang Hou for helping them and asks what they can do for her in return. This is exactly what Huang Hou wanted to hear. She now directs all of her conversation to Jin Huan. At this point in time, An Linrong is of no importance. And An Linrong literally just sits there. And I don't think she understands anything that's happening in this conversation. Huang Hou then says, there's turbulence in Hougong, and I'm getting up in age. If you can understand me, I'd like for you to take some of my burden and help me with Hougong. 
With that, her maid Jian Qiu picks up the incense burner and brings it forward. Huang Hou says, "The dead ashes are suddenly burning again. That's no good." Jin Huan stares at the incense burner for a few seconds. She then brings her cup of tea and pours it all over the ashes. She responds by saying, "We concubines in Hou Gong rely on you, the Empress, for our livelihoods." It's our duty and our privilege to alleviate your burden. Huang Hou is actually referring to Hua Fei. Hua Fei was out of favor, and she basically rose from the ashes and is now back in favor. Huang Hou needs the support from the younger concubines to take her down. Jin Huan understands what she means, which is why she douses the ashes with her tea. With this action. Jin Huan has now pledged her support to Huang Hou. Jin Huan then quotes some lines from a Three Kingdoms era poem: "Ming Yue Xin Hui, Wu Qie Nan Fei, Rao Shu San Za, Zhong Yu You Zhi Ke Yi." Here's the translation: In the moonlight, birds are flying south. They fly around a tree three times, and finally, they find a place to land. In the context of Hou Gong. They have been the birds flying aimlessly around the concubines, so her and An Lingrong and Chen Meizhuang, but they have finally found a tree that they can support and be supported by. The tree is obviously Huang Hou. Huang Hou is very pleased with this answer. Chen Huan understood her. Huang Hou then finalizes this alliance with a warning. She says, "Remember." There's always only one tree; the others are just flower petals. Make sure you know who are the flowers and who are the trees. Well, actually, make sure you know who are the flowers and who is the tree. Again, she is the tree, and all of the other flowers, including Huafei, are just that—flowers. I love that like final cut to An Lingrong, and she's just sitting there in the back, looking perplexed. But I think that's what is really. I think that's what is really important to know is that An Lingrong here in this scene in particular is shown as nothing more as a pawn because she doesn't understand the more subtle context or the subtleties that Huang Hou is trying to bring up. Jin Huan is the one who. Is able to respond in a way that Huang Hou understands and is hoping to receive a response by. An Lingrong is not educated, and I think that is what we see here. An Lingrong is not nearly as educated as Jin Huan. Right. So how cool was that? The entire conversation was coded with the incense burners and the trees. Not a word was said about Hua Fei, but everyone. Except for An Lingrong, knew that she was the topic of conversation. Jian Qiu knew, Huang Hou knew, Jin Huan knew, and An Lingrong was just sitting there, kind of like, "What is happening? How does this help An Lingrong's father in any way?" Huang Hou said nothing could be done, but the fact that she went to help was already a big sign. It is because Huang Hou went to talk to Huang Shang that Jin Huan was later able to persuade Huang Shang to grant the new trial. It had to be a one-two punch. Huang Hou could have easily stayed out of this entire situation, 
but she wanted these alliances. She threw An Lingrong a bone and hooked Jin Huan. A pretty good deal, if you ask me. Finally, let's talk about the, uh, let's say, quote-unquote lesson An Lingrong learns at the end of the day. Jian Qiu gives her the news that her father has been granted a new trial, and Jian Qiu tells her Huang Hou pleaded for his case to Huang Sha. She does mention that Jin Huan did too, but in An Lingrong's mind, she has learned the true nature of her friends. Shen Meizhuang won't stick up for her, Jin Huan will, but the only person that has any real sway in the palace is Huang Hou. Which is not false, but she's really not thinking about her friends and their positions as well. So, you know, that also says a lot about how easily manipulated she is. And I will even uh, give a lot of kudos to Jian Xiu right now. She is very much manipulating Alin Rong. She ends the conversation saying, you know, if only your friend Shen Meizhong wrote to her father earlier to help out, you wouldn't be in such a state. We earlier heard and, and saw from Shen Meizhong and uh, Su Peisheng why it was a bad idea. And hello, Shen Meizhong tried to send out that letter. But if she had sent out the letter, An Lingrong's father would definitely have died. I don't think anybody told An Lingrong about this, but I also don't know if An Lingrong would have cared. An Lingrong right now is basically saying Shen Meizhong is just a two-faced friend. I, I don't even consider her a friend anymore. And with, with Jian Xiu's words right now, it seems that An Lingrong is now team Huang Hou, and the cracks are really beginning to form between An Lingrong and Shen Meizhong. Let's end with just a note on the final scene in the episode. Huan Bi, Jin Huan's half-sister slash maid, knows exactly what she's doing, walking in on Jin Huan and Huang Shang. She is trying to catch Huang Shang's eye. Jin Huan really needs to watch out, not only for whatever Hua Fei has planned, but also right in her own backyard. Huan Bi, what are you doing? This might not turn out well. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please email us at chasingdramaspodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to having you with us in the next episode.